Welcome to a Skin Depth Convo. I'm Anna Kagaragis. This is a show focused on educating and inspiring all those in the skincare and beauty industry. And today we uncover the mystique of Mastika. Mastika is a product that appears magical and mythical. In fact, the area in which it comes from appears to come from a myth. The island of Hios in Greece. The story goes that Hios was the son of Poseidon and an unnamed nymph. He received his name from the heavy snowfall that fell while his mother was in labor. And snow in ancient Greek is Hion. Now, some say it was named after the nymph Hioni, or simply it was because of the weather. Well, whatever it is, Mastika is an incredible ingredient that Lyra Clinical includes in many of its skincare formulations. Joining us, as always, is Mataxia Delikis and Francine Kagaragis, part of the founders of Lyra Clinical. Ella Cressman joins us once again, part of the education team at Lyra Clinical. But also, what are the facts? What is the folklore? And what's the mystique? Well, to get to the bottom of it all, we have a very special guest joining us today, Lou Skiriotis. Lou, thank you so much for joining us, but let's first get to know you. What's your personal connection with the island of Hios? Well... My mother is from Hios, my father is from Hios, my grandparents are from Hios. Uh, and I was actually born not in Hios, but I was born in Greece and grew up in Hios. Uh, I spent the first uh, three to four years of my life in Hios, and I never miss an opportunity to go back whenever I'm in Greece. So uh, I continue to educate myself, I continue to learn about the culture, I continue to learn about the island and all the beauties that that island has given us and the entire world, uh, not the least, which is uh, Mastica. Uh, and I, I have to plug the Uzo because uh, it's the best <laughs> Uzo in the world as well. I, I see a great picture right behind you of uh, yes. nature's gift. Yeah, so this is uh, Mastica in the raw. This is uh, the tree that's actually crying the Mastica. And we use the term crying because that is what the trees do. There's uh, lots of folklore and lots of stories around why it's shaped like this. In order to get this product, these trees have dated back thousands of years, many years before Christ even. And uh, the trees would always weep, but they wouldn't weep in this way. Uh, it was almost like sap oozing from it. The weeping part of the tree has, uh, has a lot to do with the way that the cuts are marked on the trees. There's a very specific way that it's done. And also they let gravity actually take control and draw it down. This remains untouched. It's never picked directly from the tree. It allows the tree to do the crying and for the teardrops to fall to the ground where they're then collected and cultivated. Very natural process, it sounds like. Very natural, very organic. The teardrops are, is mastija. The teardrop is mastija. That is correct. How would you describe mastija to someone who might be unfamiliar? Very difficult. It, it is a gum base, so it has very uh, sticky gum-like properties. It's very fragrant. Uh, it's one of the differences that really differentiates uh, mastija from any other kind of mastic. Mastica itself has a, a PDO, it's a protection designation of origin, where in order for it to be called Mastica, it absolutely has to come from the island of Hios. It's the only place in the world where Mastica has that wonderful aroma and that fragrance. 
you don't need a lot of it. In fact, uh, in any product, whether it's baking, cosmetics, skincare products, uh, you can definitely tell when mastica is present. I was introduced to this ingredient or this mastica resin back in 2011 by our um, plastic surgeon um, uncle in Greece in Athens. And he told me that, you know, stop and really pay attention to some of the unique benefits of this particular resin. And from 2011 to 2013, we were just amazed. So much benefit that this resin gives us. And in cosmetics, you're looking for the unique ingredients that are really something that you can actually go back and have some white papers or studies to support some of the data that were given to us. And I have to say, I think for you, giving us this opportunity, to, you know, for us to talk to you about it, it's really unique because if you're not from there, I really think you don't understand the essence of how important this ingredient is. So I, again, we want to thank you for this opportunity. It's oh, really very, nice that we have you here with us today. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here and speaking with all of you. We're excited to hear all this mystique of Mastija and why they do call it the teardrop. There is a lot of folklore uh, that goes into this and uh, Mastija has been around, like I said, for thousands and thousands of years. That's not debated. Uh, the health benefits of Mastija are not debated. It's an antifungal, it's an anti-inflammatory, uh, and it's been proven to help with uh, acid reflux. It's been proven to help with uh, mild to medium cases of Crohn's disease. And there are now studies trying to see if it actually uh, prevents certain forms of cancer. Uh, there is good data on that, but I don't think it's ready to be published yet, so they haven't really made any announcements. But that's the next step for Mastica. Now, the mastic tree is actually a relative of the pistachio tree. Hios in general uh, grows a lot of pistachios as well. Uh, it's one of the few islands that you can actually get pistachios from. Uh, Mastija used to grow through most of Hios, but the fragrant part of it is really from the southern part of Hios. The story that goes along with that is back in 300 uh, to 320 AD, after Christianity, a Roman admiral had come into Hios, and he basically brought with him one of his soldiers who was an Egyptian soldier from Alexandria. Uh, his name was Isidor, Isidoros is how we say it in Greek. And what nobody knew at the time was that Isidoros was actually a Christian. Uh, back then, the Romans forbid any Christians from being in the military. So when he was found out, uh, they basically approached him and said, are you a Christian? Uh, he said he was. He would not lie about that. And they basically pulled him out of service and were going to execute him. When his father heard, his father said, give me a little bit of time. Let me talk to him and let me see if I can convert him. The conversions were actually going the other way. This soldier had moved into a not so great part of town. And he befriended a lot of the women in the brothels and started converting them to Christianity. They started to repent. And basically, it wasn't good for, uh, for the soldiers who were there and needed the services, if you will. After a while, when the father said he could no longer uh, talk to his son and convert him, he asked Numerian, who was the uh, Roman general, 
uh, to quickly execute him. Uh, Numerian proceeded. He said, that's fine. I will do that. But before he did, he tied him to the back of a horse and he dragged him through the fields where these trees were and basically dragged him until he was uh, completely bloodied. And he told him to denounce his Christianity. Isidore Isidoros would not denounce his Christianity. In fact, he continued uh, to speak of his Christian faith. The general then proceeded to cut out his tongue. What he noticed is after he cut out his tongue, he still continued to speak. Finally, Numerian wanted to just give the order and say, cut his head off, behead Isidoro. Well, what he found was that he had lost his speech and he couldn't speak, so he gave a sign that said, cut the head off, you know, one of, one of these, if you will. So they beheaded him. As they beheaded him, the folklore is that everywhere that he had been dragged, where the trees actually witnessed him being dragged, uh, they began to cry. And the cry was actually the mastica that we have today. The head was tossed and he was not given a proper burial. A Roman, uh, I believe she was Roman, uh, her name was Miropi. She had come because she was a Christian also. And she left Rome and they basically said, well, Chios is the one island where Christianity is thriving right now. It's very close to the Byzantine Empire. So she went to Chios with her mother. And when she heard about what had happened to Isidoro, she found his body and she gave it a proper burial. Numerian was upset that this had happened. So he ordered the guards who were guarding over the body to be executed for allowing the body to be buried properly. Miropi then went and said, I feel guilty. These people should not be dying for something I did. I am the one that took the body. She was beaten. She was thrown in prison. And that night, a voice uh, appeared and a white light appeared in the jail cell and basically said, Miropi, this is Isidero. All your cries have been heard and your prayers have been answered. Today, you will be joining me. And a fragrance began all over the prison. That fragrance is the fragrance of Mastica today. So the folklore is that the tears were actually from the death of Isidero, who later became a saint, and the aroma came from Miropi, since she was the one that gave him the proper burial. So that's the folklore behind how Mastica got its, uh, its teardrop shapes and also its uh, wonderful uh, aroma. Wow. wow. Incredible. What we know now, too, is that unique scent, that beautiful aroma that you're talking about, is actually a very unique combination of terpenes monoterpene. And you mentioned that there, um, the mastic tree grows in Hios. And it also, as a relative of the pistachio plant, it goes throughout the Middle East. Is that right? In that area? That is correct. Uh, there are other places in the Mediterranean, in Asia Minor, for example, uh, where uh, the mastica tree will actually grow. Uh, and you can cultivate its sap but you will never get that smell and you will never get that consistency the way you do in the southern part of Hios. Uh, Even the northern part of Hios can't duplicate it. There is definitely a line in the sand, if you will, uh, where you're crossing from the north to the south where the mastica tree will just, it will just not weep. And if it, uh, if you cultivate any kind of sap, it will have, it won't have that smell. So what's interesting about Hios is that area is known for having red soil. 
What's the story behind the earth and the soil? Yes. So the red soil, again, there's, there's a little bit of folklore involved there. The red soil was where Isidro's blood was spilled. The soil turned red. There have been studies to see if it, if it had anything to do with any volcanic activity. Uh, the entire island chains have been formed with volcanoes, but a lot of the volcanoes are actually more uh, black soil than they are red soil. There is one other island in, uh, in the Greek uh, island chain, if you will, uh, and that is in the island chain of the Giclades, which are the Cyclades. The island of Santorini is a very unique island because it has different types of sand compositions. It has black soil from, uh, from volcanoes. It also has red soil and it has white soil. So it's an island that has, that contains all three soils. Chios is not like that. Chios is definitely red soil. Uh, and if you go to the northern part of the island, it's, uh, you would almost never know that there was any volcanic activity at all because it's, it's very mountainous, very rocky, very dry, very arid. Uh, not much grows there. But in the south is where you have all this wonderful thing happening. And if you go further south, you just don't see that. You know, it's not far from other islands. You would think, hey, uh, it's the same volcano uh, that formed the other islands. Uh, but for some reason, the other islands don't have what Eos has. What shade of red is the soil? Uh, it's almost like a, uh, like a burgundy. Uh, it's not a true bright red, but it is more in the burgundy shade. It's the color of a mastic. Is it? It's like a burgundy red. Yeah, it's a really deep. The color of the line. Like but the Mastiha line is burgundy. Hold on, hold on. We're grabbing you one right now. That particular line is called the Mystique line, and we are color coded the lines, and it's it's this burgundy. It's almost like this burgundy color, I would say, right? See, Mastiha is running in the warehouse to get some right now. So yes, that's actually the uh, the color of the line. Wow. Perfect. And it was supposed to be purple. It was more or less going to be lavender, but for some reason the Pantone color came out wrong. And oh, we had no, no choice and we had to go with it. I now, think that's the door. That's part of the story. Okay. Because it was supposed that, to be a lavender. It was supposed to be well, and you ended up getting the correct color. This is what we got. Yes, that's that's definitely more like it. Yeah. That's crazy. That's part of it because this came out wrong and we couldn't change it because it was already released and we had a due date and we had to keep going. And we said, this is burgundy. We wanted purple and it came out burgundy. And oh my God, what are we going to do? And people were saying the purple line's coming. No, it's burgundy. No, you cash in. That's what you do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the red soil uh, has been has been documented from Chios for many, many years. Uh, the latest being uh, Christopher Columbus actually had some writings basically yeah. documenting that he, he was from the land of the red earth. And historians have actually traced it back and figured out that he was actually from the island of Chios. Uh, his family had moved from the Byzantine empire to Chios where he went to school for a maritime, basically. They have a, a giant, a big maritime school in Chios. Uh, most of the, the shipping lanes in the Mediterranean flow through the island. So uh, it's, a, it's a pretty popular destination. 
And uh, Columbus has been traced through there. In fact, when Columbus uh, went to Ferdinand and Isabella asking for ships, he was given the ships and Ferdinand had asked him where he was from. He, he repeatedly said, I'm from the Republic uh, of Genoa, the Genoa Republic. He went to Genoa, Italy after Columbus sailed and tried to find Columbus and, or any of his relatives. And he could not find a single one. He thought he had been duped. Uh, in reality, Columbus was not misspeaking. He was from the Genoa Republic. Hios at the time was part of the Genoa Republic. He was speaking the truth. The people who have written the most about Columbus was his son, Ferdinand, and one of the priests that he took with him to the New World. That's where most of the writings come from. And they always refer uh, back to how Columbus uh, would always make his notes in his logbooks in Greek. He spelled his name with an X, which is, uh, in Greek, has the H sound. Christophoros Kolomvos is actually with an X, and that's how he signed his name on anything he ever signed. To this day, if you go to a small town in the southern part of Hios called, I believe it's uh, Pirgi, you can still see the name Columbus on top of several of the doors where the Columbus families used to live. They were a pretty big family. The Genoese claimed Columbus. In reality, the people from Chios knew that he was really from Chios, and now the whole world is starting to realize that as well. To tie that back in, uh, Columbus often referred to himself as Christophoros Columbus from the Genoa Republic, the land of the Red Earth. Wow. Lou, what kind of pride does it give you when you hear all these stories about the area that you're from in Greece? You know, I know that Greeks are a prideful people, but there's something truly special about the area that you're from. Yeah, it's, um, you know, another, another fact about the island that most people don't know is uh, Greece as a, as a country was under Ottoman occupation for 400 years, from 1421 uh, all the way to uh, 1821. In 1821, the revolution started, and it started in the, uh, on the mainland, and it filtered through most of the islands. Uh, Hios was actually the very last island that was freed from Turkey. They gained their independence and went back to Greece in 1913. So it was almost another hundred years that uh, it was under Ottoman occupation. One of the reasons for that was the Mastiha. It was a very expensive, very unique thing that nobody wanted to give up. The Ottomans, the Turks certainly didn't, but eventually it did come back to its rightful owner, to Greece. It's still being fought after. Uh, in fact, uh, Hios was the beginning of, actually chased, uh, traced the first democracy to the island of Hios. It was set up between the villages in Hios, and for the longest time, Mastika was used as a, that's what they used for trade, where a lot of other countries use precious metals and different silks and things like that. Greece always used Mastika. In fact, when, uh, when the Romans had, had taken over, when it was under the Genovese, uh, they expected their tax in Mastika, not in coins or anything else. It's really an amazing place. Pride is one thing. Uh, Emotion is another. As a young kid, you never really understand and you never really comprehend where you came from, the history of it. As an adult, you look back 
at all the things that these people have endured and everything that the island has been through and you really can't help but feel that sense of pride and, and feel the emotion every time you talk about these stories because you know they're folklore to some people and to other people they are gospel on those villages there is a wall a, set, a wall placed around these villages can you explain a little bit about that so not all the villages have walls um the G, the topography of the villages is very different the southern part of the island where the mastica trees grow they do have walls mm -hmm. they're built as castles if you will uh, as independent cities within the walls they did that basically to protect it's, it was a protection mechanism basically uh, a lot of the walls were actually built by the ottomans and the ottomans built them in order to store uh, the mastica in the southern part and to also isolate themselves from the rest of the Hyotes. A Hyoti is a person from the island of Hios who's native and born in Hios. The northern part, if you go to the northern part, you'll see something a little bit different. You'll see that there's no walls, but all the houses, at least all the rooftops, are stuck together. And the reason for that is every time soldiers would come through the villages, they would basically go in and take anything they wanted. So what the people would do is they would basically leave their house, go up on the roof, and they can traverse all the roofs and get out of town, basically, just disappear into the wilderness. Uh, if you look at the topography in northern Chios, the houses are stuck together and the backside of the house is always up against the mountain. You know, talking to you, I get chills and um, just having the opportunity to, because you've learned so much from the generations that were passing down this information, which is really unique. This is like something that we don't see anymore. We're just on these Google searches and we're looking for information. But what you've got is firsthand information from our generations before and before that. And that's really cool. And, and to kind of explain these stories and, and give that insight is so unique to the, just searching on the Google search to find out information. The way you express it, the, the, the pride that you have in this island, the pride that we have in this ingredient, I hope that everyone can really sense it with this podcast because it's easy to, to introduce an ingredient, but the history and the value and all the benefits from this tree and from this resin and from what you this island has given to the world is such a unique. And, and so we're proud as Lyra to be able to kind of push this to the world again and show it. I know that there's a lot of Mastika um, products in the market, but I think Lyra wanted to do something different and bring it, bring it to a clinical side to the cosmetic industry. You know, we wanted it different. I know that you could pick up Mastika soap and Mastika different type of um, products, beauty products, but the clinical side and all the, the formulations that we've done with some of the beautiful chemists in the whole world, I mean, the technology that we have today with that beautiful ingredient, Mastika, has given us such a unique delivery and products, even to refine pores. I mean, there's so many benefits, the brightening benefit, the anti-inflammatory benefit. So it's just a lot more. Technology has pushed it way ahead. And I mm -hmm. can tell you that I see a lot more companies trying to research Mastika and include it in some of their um, formulations. I think we have the edge to have you giving us this folklore and giving us the history and Ella with the research and our pride 
in that ingredient. Also, I think um, we're doing it justice for the mastica plant, tree, and the island. Can you imagine having this conversation around another ingredient like vitamin C? Like that's not as <laughs> no. mysterious if we if we add in vitamin C in the history and the efficacy. So here we have this the mystique side, and we have this amazing folklore side that that offers a really mystical explanation. But we still also have clinical papers on efficacy, which is cool. And it's a combination that Lyra takes all that pride, that love, that, that centuries and centuries of love that you can feel when Lou's talking about it. You can feel that generational passing on that love of, of the area, the pride in, in being from there, but also the pride in this ingredient. And, and to be able to pair that and offer something brightening, tightening, <laughs> anti-aging, anti-inflammatory for me also gives me chills just to think about it. We're all excited that the Masiha growers have offered us different forms of Masiha. We get the granules, we get the freeze-dried form, we get the extract, and something that we're very, very proud of is our Masiha oil. There's Mastic, and then there's Masiha. And you mentioned that we need to look for that ha. Yes, yes. Aha. <laughs> it's Yellow uh-huh. Gyro. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Gotta say it right. <laughs> Gotta say it right, yes. How do you say it? What's the right pronunciation? Mastija and Hios. Mastija. Mastija and Hios, yes. Uh, in fact, you see Hios spelled a lot with a C-H. In fact, I think on most of the maps, if you look on Google Maps, you'll see the island spelled with a C-H-I-O-S. The people from Hios and the Greeks in general, they spell it with an X, so it's X-I-O-S. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty amazing place. I'm really... Uh, I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see your commitment to the ingredient. It was kind of disheartening when uh, a lot of things that you see is they'll throw a little bit of mastica in there to give it the smell and they'll say, oh, this is mastica, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not truly mastica. It's not what it's meant and what it's designed to do. It's a, it's a pretty wonderful ingredient. Uh, it, again, we talked about its healing properties. We talked about its wonderful aroma. To see that you guys are doing something uh, on the clinical side and the formulation side to bring it to the next level is really, uh, it's really a great thing and very exciting for all of us to see where you can take this and how far you can go with this product and this ingredient because it, it truly is magical. When COVID first came out, we decided to produce a hand sanitizer. And this sanitizer contains our precious Mastica oil. That oil helps protect our skin on our hands because when you keep using hand sanitizer every day, your hands begin to get drier and drier. So the oil helps protect the skin. Yeah, and I use it and it, it is wonderful. <laughs> it really does help your hands a lot. It makes a huge it difference. Does. I've noticed a big difference and you feel that, that barrier with the masica. So it's amazing what kind of a product it is. And it comes from really a mysterious and magical island. So I, I just, I find it so incredible. Yeah, it's... Uh... I can't say enough about the island. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are as interested about the island as I am uh, talking about it uh, because it truly is a passion of mine. I enjoy going back to the island. I enjoy bringing people to the island and sharing the experiences with them uh, and speaking with, with some of the old timers who are still there because once they go, that's it. That knowledge is gone forever. So if we can take advantage of that and learn as much as we can now, 
uh, we're all going to be much better off for it. You know what's funny? When I was introduced to Mastija, my uncle took our uncle took us out to dinner in Athens, and I'm not a drinker. I don't drink any alcohol. But he took after dinner, beautiful dinner. We were leaving the next day. He took a, a bottle of Mastija from the refrigerator at the restaurant and poured everyone a little shot. And all of a sudden, he showed me the bottle, and the bottle said skinos. So we were doing skin, and the OS was a Greek ending to a word. So I looked at it, and it was really cool the way the skinos bottle was. Yeah. And then he started talking about it and talking about it, and he told me, take a, take a sip, drink it, which I did. And just the feeling going down to my stomach and that reassurance, it just felt so good. And it just opened up so many kind of emotions to me and it's so cool so when we do these seminars and we do these classes we always end with a little shot of mastica so people can actually associate with the actual ingredient and kind of remember that sensation when they actually go down that yeah <laughs> no that's part of the mystique i can't believe we need to add that in there with the burgundy packaging yeah Skinos to your skin Yes, from skinos to skin. But the word skinos is a skin with OS. So yes. all the Greek names usually end with the I-S-O-S-E-S. -S -S, and mm -hmm. it's so cool. It just, there, there's, and even the, the, the red soil, this mystique line has really had its own direction. It's doing Identity. its own thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's directing us. It's directing I, you, exactly. It's directing us. And, and you're, you coming to us with this information, Ella, I can tell you, I was very superficial. Oh, I'm love. I mean, but she fell in love. I mean, it's just, there's a higher being helping us do this. And, and, I, and I really feel blessed to be part of this because it has its own direction. It's a ship going and we're on the ship and it's taking us. And but our success. You remember when we came back, when she came back from Greece, what happened? She was all excited talking about it, talking about it. Then the research began and the research yeah. began and the Swiss labs were using it and they were using it in liquid sutures. And they were using it in all these different medical reasons they were using it. And it was great. And we found out more and more about it. This is where we found out about how it reduces the pore sizes and how it started as a great anti-inflammatory. And when you bring down inflammation, you bring down pigmentation. And all this stuff started clicking together. And so, and that next year, we came out with our first peel with Mastica. And that peel to this day is number one, the Vitabrite outdoes any of our peels because it's a great peel, but the mastica does make a difference. I can tell you another hit on my head was like, wake up, is my daughter had surgery on her finger. So we went mm -hmm. to get the stitches out and all of a sudden they pulled this bottle out. It was mastica, Mastec, and they were pouring that liquid so that it would actually heal and keep that wound closed. And I'm looking at thinking, never have I ever paid attention to something that was put on to a wound. And it just, like I said, there's just sign after sign after sign that this is the right thing that we're doing. You were meant to do this. There's a lot of mystery on the island of Hios, but it's not just about the trees. What's the story behind the mist on the island? Um, there is a story with Ayema Kela. Uh, she's from the northern part of the island. And she was also a Christian who, after her mother passed away, her father became an atheist. She refused to get married. She would always say that she was married to Jesus Christ. Her father at one point had had enough and basically kind of dark, said, uh, if no other man can have you, I will. 
and he attempted to rape her. Uh, she ran away, and as she was running, she, uh, her father was chasing her. She hid behind a bush uh, where there was another, another person there. It was by the water. Uh, the father came on the horse and asked him if he saw his daughter. Uh, he said no, but he pointed to the bush. He lit the bush on fire to kind of coax her out. Uh, she came out on the opposite side and began to run toward the water. Uh, he took out an arrow and he shot her in the leg with an arrow. Uh, it was actually the bottom of the calf to the heel area. She pulled out the arrow and continued to run, but she was not able to run very far. Uh, she fell to her knees and begged for the earth to swallow her. At that point, the rock opened up and took her in only up to her neck. When her father reached her, he took one swipe with his sword and cut her neck off. That place, it's about a kilometer from where the church is right now, but out in that location, the rocks are still red. Uh, there's actually trees that grow in the water. And once a year, there is a mist that comes from there and they say that it has healing powers. People actually go there and they scrape the red off the rocks and put it in bottles uh, for healing properties. Uh, it's a, they've considered it a holy land now. Uh, once a year, they do a service out by the rock where the earth will actually bubble, the water will bubble, and a mist will form until after the service. Once the service is over, the mist is no longer there. That is uh, amazing. I am living proof of its healing properties. I had a motorcycle accident years ago, and I had scabs all over my legs. They were basically burned from being in this accident. I found the strength to walk out to the monument. So it was a one kilometer walk with bad leg, uh, scabs all over my leg uh, in about 104 degree heat. I got there and I went into the water and washed my leg with the, with the water. The very next day, the scab had fallen off. And today, if you look at my leg, you can never even tell that it was in an accident. It was pretty amazing. Made a believer out of me, I'll tell you that. Wow. I don't know how someone wouldn't be a believer after something like that. It just seems like everything that happens on the island is a miracle. Yes, it's a, it's a pretty amazing, it's a pretty amazing place. A lot of history. The last time I was in Hios was uh, 2014. And at the time I had met a couple of people. Uh, two of them were over a hundred years old. They were actually yeah. born during the Turkish occupation, but yeah, they were still there in 2014. Wow. And Lou, you sat and talked to them and got as much information from them. Yep. Yeah. That's wow. where a lot of this came from them. Yep. That's so cool. And they still cultivate the Masiha the same way they did same years ago? Same exact way. Yep. The same exact way. That tradition, those traditions just don't die. The population is dwindling. You know, the people are dying off. What is encouraging is right now we're seeing that more younger people are remaining on the island. And the ones that go back for vacation like it so much that they're staying longer. And some of them have actually... Uh, set up house there also. So it is, it is good to see, it's encouraging to see that the youth is actually taking an interest 
in the traditions that have been passed around for generations to generations. And hopefully we can continue this for a long time to come. Hopefully our grandkids will be talking about this one day. Well, it sounds like once more and more people find out about Masiha and also the healing powers of the mist and so much more around the island. But now I think the secret's starting to get out there. It is. It is starting to get out. Uh, I still like it. It's still a non-touristy island. It's a re I call it the reunion island because once a year during the summer, you have people who have not seen each other all year that travel from the United States, from Australia, from Germany, from all other parts of Europe that have roots in Hios going back to Hios. It's good and bad in that, you know, you, you actually hear more English being spoken than Greek, but it's people who have never, haven't seen each other for a while that congregate back to their roots. They're not meeting in a tourist island. Uh, they're not meeting anywhere else. They're going back to their roots. And that's going to be really the key to keeping this tradition going, to keeping the mystique of Mastika going, and really to to get it to never stop. I mean, I, I enjoy talking about it, but I'm only going to be able to talk about it for so long. You know, I need to pass this on to other people who can really take this up uh, and do a little more research than I did. Uh, my research is talking to people. But as we go further and further, we, more things are written, more things get documented. There's more knowledge out there. I don't believe anything Wikipedia says, so uh, <laughs> you know, I like to research it all on my own. Now, Lou, there is a, a lady, um, if you go online, adopt a mystique tree, a mystica tree. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking to her and we got four trees and I've talked to her and I wanted her, what she does with this 60 euro that you um, sent to her, she actually gives you adoption paper saying you adopt this tree for a year to help to take care of this tree for a year. They put a plaque with your name on it. And then they send you um, a little bit of oil, sample of the oil. They send you a, a branch of the tree. They send you a little gum. And it's a little packet they put in the mail to send it to you. So by I'm talking to her, um, we really want to support her. And she is associated with the association. She is working with the uh, Masika shops. Mm -hmm. And she sent me this website, which I'm going to forward to you. And there's a lot of um, interest in this. So we want to do something special as Lyra to try to encourage more of our accounts to, to support these trees, because I think that would be something really good to be able to support the trees in the island. So I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna have friends send you the email oh, to be sure no, that- we're, we're gonna put one for Lou's family. Yes, we gonna, are gonna put gonna, one for We're you. gonna put one for your family. We're gonna adopt the tree for you because you are Kyoti. Yes. Oh, that's great. And then when we go, we can actually find our trees. We can yes. <laughs> Lou, thank you so much for joining us and giving us all this wonderful information about Mastija and the island of Hios. You are an amazing storyteller. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Lou. Uh, Thank, you. You're, Thank you. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure to spend this time with you. And uh, I hope to see everyone uh, on the island of Hios and we can talk uh, up close and personal about uh, everything we discussed today. It's a 2021. Date. We're planning <laughs> to go. We're going to meet you there. And the 200 year anniversary in Greece of their freedom in 2021. Yes. That's yeah. right. And if you have any questions for Lou, send them our way. Email your questions to skindepthconvo at lyraclinical.com. That's skindepthconvo at lyraclinical.com. And that will do it for us today. For all of us at a Skin Depth Convo, I'm Anna Kagaragis. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>